Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. talk for a little bit about God's glory has to follow the order of his people. God's glory has to follow the order that he set in motion. We have to follow if we desire to see the glory of the Lord. And what I'm talking about, many people say, I don't fully understand glory. I've tried to explain it the best that I could, but it's what the scripture says that the earth will be filled with the glory of God. It talks about that, that there's coming a day when the earth is going to be filled with glory. Well, how is the earth filled with glory? Isaiah prophesies in Isaiah 61 and says, Arise, shine, for God your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon me. And it's, it speaks about the rising of the glory. And I, this is, may not be exactly what you think I'm going to talk about as I talk about the temple, but I want you to go with me. Um, in John chapter 2, Jesus has called his disciples prior to this. He goes and he performs his very first miracle, which is water to wine. He performs his very first miracle, and I love this whole setting of his first miracle. They say, uh, I can't believe that you never save the good stuff till the end. You always give it at the first. And then after that, the inferior wine. But he says, you've saved the best till now. Why would you do that? And that's what the, 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 par, the, the, the party host said. And this is his very first miracle that he starts and he performs. And then we flow into uh, Jesus coming into the temple. Now, this is a side of our beloved Savior <laughs> that we see that we might be there and say, whoa, he's freaked out. and He's running people out of the temple. What is this all about? But it says in verse 13, it says, in, in, ch in chapter 2, it says, When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheeps, and doves. In other words, they, if you study this and see the background to it, they found something that was convenient but didn't have something that they had to pay a price for outside to raise it up and bring it. They found it in the temple where it was convenient. That's very important to understand. And he goes on to say, others sitting around table exchanging money, so he made a whip out of cords, and some, some pastors and preachers have said he started beating people. No, he didn't. He braided a whip to let them know how serious he was about what had entered and come into the temple, that it was a holy place. It was not a place to exchange and come in. It's great, there's relationships within the temple, but it was not meant for those to come in to negotiate. That's actually one of the words that speak to the exchanging of money. There was negotiations taking place in the temple. People that were selling out, selling items, selling out. There's so much stuff happening in this and Jesus sees it 
and it infuriates him. There's this righteous indignation that begins to rise up in him that he takes a cord and begins to braid the whips. Can you imagine? Jesus just comes out of a party. I mean, he's turned water to wine. They're enjoying it. They're celebrating who he is. And he was always on a mission, right? Jesus was always. And so he, he comes and he sees the temple. And I can only imagine, of course, the outer court that he's observing and looking in. And he's seeing these people setting out and exchanging items. People are coming in. Hey, do you have a sacrifice? Well, you can buy it right here. You can buy it. It's, it's convenient. It's available for you. Oh, great. So I'll just get one right here. But they had not done anything to provide for themselves and bring to the house of God a sacrifice. So Jesus sits down. I'm just, now this is my story. I don't really know what he did, but he sits down. He begins to take strands of leather and he begins to braid the, the whip, right? That's what the scripture says. Braiding the whip, he stands up and then he runs into the house. They freak out and they, they take their stuff. There's money flying everywhere, animals going everywhere, and he runs them out of the house. And he goes on to say, it says that uh, both sheep and cattle, he drives them out. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get out of here. Get these out of here. Sorry, no, you don't get out of here. Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered the scripture, and it was written in the Psalms that said, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Zeal for your house has consumed me. Then the Jews responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority that you do all of this? Because that, to the Jewish people, they always demanded a sign. They needed, and that, that's how, and Jesus knew this. He told them later on, he said, he said, if you don't see signs, you'll by no means believe. It wasn't, it wasn't a derogatory statement. It wasn't him, being, uh, uh, wasn't him being facetious in any way. He just simply said, if you don't see a sign, you're not going to believe. So I'll, and, and so he would perform signs, wonders, and miracles. He goes on to say, he said, what, by what authority do you do this? And he said, you destroy this temple, and in three days I'm going to raise it up. And they were like, you're crazy. It took our ancestors, how long? 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it up in three days. But the temple that he spoke of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his, 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 his disciples recalled what he had said, and they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. I want to stop there, and I want to talk about this for a while, because God, God wants to release his glory into his temple. And then there's two meanings to this. Point your finger to your chest and say, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, a little bit bold and in our face tonight, but is there anything right here that is in compromise? Is there anyone, any item, is there mammon, or for lack of better terms, is there money? Is there something that is enthroned upon the seat of my heart? Does a relationship have my heart in the sense of, does it take higher priority to Jesus? Is it in the sense close to idolatry? Is there something enthroned upon the seat of my heart that has my affections more than he does? Because the scripture says, and I, again, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is a temple. We take precautions in this house as well. We guard this house. We protect it. Again, for those of you that were here Sunday, you heard Pastor Eddie say, we don't just let any, anybody come and stand on the stage and preach and deliver a word. We protect that because it's important. It's very important and it's vital because we have to give an account for you when we stand before the Lord one day. But the question that I'm asking you, is there anything 
that would be seated upon the throne of your heart. And you say, well, here he goes. He's fixing a hand. No, this is the point. Because if we want glory to fill us, Holy Spirit, if we want him to fill our hearts, he will not compete with another lover on the inside. I'm just telling you. You'll, you'll be torn. You'll be riding the fence. You'll have a foot in and a foot out. And God wants you hot or cold. What does he do with lukewarm? How many of you enjoy lukewarm coffee? Like when I get up in the morning and I'm drinking coffee, because I, ha- I mean, it's not because I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. I, get, I love coffee. I've been drinking it for a long time. It is such, the, the, best, the first sip is always the best. After that, it kind of goes downhill, but it's still good. But after a period of time, after I'm reading, and then I start to get a sip, I can tell that, it, and I have to drink it pretty quick because our coffee maker is just not making hot coffee. I don't understand it, what's going on. But it gets to a point, if I forget, which I'm prone to do quite a bit, and take a sip, I'll drink it because I don't want to spit it on my furniture, but it's rough. So I, God wants us hot or cold, one or the other, and he wants us to be in a place of burning. Now, I, I, I'm talking about the glory of God because it's important for us in this latter day. God desires the glory of the latter house to be greater than that of the former. We understand that Jesus is saying here in the scripture, he said, you destroy this temple and in three days I'm going to raise it up, which we know that he's speaking of his body. It, and it was, it was a foreshadowing for us that one of these days... He was going to release his spirit and it was going to come live inside of us so that we would house God's temple. Now, I was talking earlier, the presence of God, the reason why at times, just a side note for those of you that have maybe been around uh, the, the, the Pentecostal charismatic movement, the church, and, and, and the presence of God begins to move in power and you see people that go down. I, I, that we, I don't see it as often uh, th- as I used to. I've been hit before by the presence of God so strong. I don't know, for those of you, when I was in Adamsville, or when we was in Adamsville for Pastor, uh, Prophet Lloyd Bustard, that when he was there, I, I don't know what it was. I... I I just, he like, he's, he's not a big man. My goodness, what is he? I don't, I'm not meaning that disrespectful. He's really short. I'm short, but he's short. And he didn't punch me, but it felt like somebody drop kicked me, and I went flying. But it was the presence of the Lord that God, when God begins to touch you, he's supernatural. He, he is a, he's a God that, that, that whenever he comes upon your physical body, you can't, at times you can't help and stand. It's just the overwhelming presence. I can tell I'm losing some people anyway. This my encounter. Many of you have experienced the presence of God in different ways. And that's the important, the glory of the Lord. When it overtakes you, your physical being can't take that. So therefore, it hits the deck. Let's put it that way. But Jesus is looking for this latter house movement, this latter day movement, that his presence would be so overwhelming in the house of God, the physical house of God, but also in the people of God that we would house him, that we carry him, but it's not going to come and rest on dysfunction. We're all dysfunctional to a degree, but it's not going to come rest in a house that is willfully living in sin. It's not going to come rest in a house and use a person that is consistently allowing their eyes and their ears to entertain things that he's, the Holy Spirit, the inward witness is talking to you to leave alone. We want the glory. We desire the, the, the presence and the glory of the Lord. I desire it. Because it's presence that changes people. It's not a man. I'm not nobody. I'm not a savior. I'm not nobody. I am not somebody's savior. You're not anybody's savior. You're not any. No, we're not a savior. Again, we can offer people two things, help and hope. That's all we can do. And we can point them 
to the man that can save them. We can point them to the Holy. We can become an encounter for people. We can deliver words. We can pray for them and be conduit or be led by the Spirit and encounter. And that's what we're supposed to be to our community, to our people in our region. But we can't save them in any means. And somebody needs to hear that. I don't know why I'm digging deep into that for just a moment, but somebody needs to hear that. You can't save nobody. God can use you to speak a word, and it's on the Holy Spirit to do the, work, do the rest. He regenerates, he revives, and he renews. And so Jesus begins to run out those things in the temple that were affecting worship. And a few weeks ago, I went into uh, two weeks there back to back, and I began to talk about dominion. Now, this is important as I lead up to what I'm going to talk about just a little bit more to close everything out. Dominion, for us coming into this year, we, I pray, every day that I'm in this room, I'm praying, Father, I pray that we would align ourselves with the head Jesus and that we would fall into alignment that your glory could rest upon our people, that we would become a church that hosts the presence of God here in this house as people come into the doors. And one of the things, a few other things, God, I pray that our church is a beacon of hope to our community. And the next thing is that when people drive by, they would see a burning bush in the desert, that they would look over and see a burning bush, that the church would literally be their burning bush experience where they turn aside and they come into the parking lot and they're greeted by one of you and you begin to speak Speak to them and encourage them, love on them, people that you know. Regardless if you know their backstory, they know your. It's just a connecting point that takes place. These are things that I'm praying, but more, God, I am praying this year I'm contending for your glory, that this house would become a house of the glory of God. And the Lord began to deal with me about this story about Jesus going into the temple and him dealing with himself being a temple. For all of us in the house, we have to. It is not a question of if. We have to fall in love with the author of this book and fall in love with the presence of God to the degree that we don't want anything hindering this relationship that we've got with him. If it's, if it's, if it's relationships, if it's TV show, I'm just, I know I'm trying to get old school a little bit. Anything that would stand in the way of my relationship with him, I got to remove it. I got to run it out of the temple. I got to allow him to braid the whip and run it out of my temple. I don't want compromise in this heart. I don't want to, uh, compromise is just cheating a little bit more. A little, it's like guardrails are there not so you can see how close to you, you can get to them. Guardrails are there to let you know there's danger if you go too far. Now, so many people in the church, the question shouldn't be, is this a sin if I do this? That shouldn't even be a question. It should be the other, other side of that is coming to God as Moses did and saying, God, I know what's right and wrong. My desire is your next commandment. What is your next command? Because that's living in a place of intimacy. And so if we want the glory of the Lord to rest upon our personal temple and in this temple, then there is an order that has to follow suit. God, people say, well, I, I, God is a, he's a spontaneous God. He's, okay, I get that. But do you understand that throughout, he, he saw the end from the beginning He's planned every bit of this thing out. He saw he is the author and the finisher of your faith. He sees the end of your life and he sees the be, he saw the beginning just as he prophesied to Jeremiah. He said when you were in your mother's womb, I had already called you. 
Although he's spontaneous, he's a God of order. There's things, there's, there's, there's rules according to God's key. Okay, I'm sorry, that may be the wrong word to use. There's commandments, there's precepts, there's laws, there's judgments that he set in place for your success, but not just for your success, but that his blessing would come upon you. Do you understand? I would rather have the presence of God than anything else. Than any other thing, the presence of God, because it brings joy. How many people are devoid of joy right now in our, in our time, in our culture? And a lot of the reason is, is because they're not doing a dive within themselves and saying, okay, what's causing all of this anxiety? What's causing all of these issues? What's causing all of these internal issues and problems of why I can't sleep at night? Because we, we, we look at, we've allowed, and I'm, again, i got to be careful. We've, we've compromised with so much of the culture whenever there's things. We just need to remove. If we would just eliminate some things out of the way. I don't know if I want to go here. I think whatever your eyes see, whatever your ears hear, Right? You can't unsee it. You can't unhear it. You've heard it. Regard, have you ever know, have you ever walked into a store before? I, I, this has happened to me a lot lately. I've walked into a store, and then I, I heard a song. And I, I, even though I was, I was, I guess I was raised in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, on up, well, I guess mid-90s, all that stuff. So, but I learned how to play guitar playing a lot of Skinner, a lot of Guns N' Roses, a lot of Aerosmith. I, I, that's where I... And God took what the enemy meant for evil and turned it for good. So, like, he took those gifts and flipped it. And so I, I could stand on the stage and play. So, whatever. So, uh, but, like, that's how I learned. And, and it's like all, all that music, I can still remember it. But I can go into a store and I can hear this stuff playing uh, and not know it. Walk out. I can be, like, two hours sitting at the house and I'm singing that song. I'm like, what in the world? Because you're, you heard it and it's stuck in you. That's, that's what I'm saying. A lot of the things, we've got to become cognizant of, what, of, of the atmospheres that we walk into. Certain things that we watch. I, I know this sounds legalistic. I'm just trying to help you. If you struggle with night terrors and you struggle with nightmares and you're struggling with some of these things, fear overwhelms you and overtakes you, worry and anxiety, what do you watch? What do you fill yourself with? Well, Pastor, I just love, I just watched Scream 38. It's so great. I've watched every one of them, and now they're coming out with a series. It could be. <laughs> you open yourself to something, to this temple. And so the Holy Spirit says, you know what? I'm, I'm a jealous God. I, I, it's hard for me. I'm there. You're saved. But at the same time, it's like I, you're magnifying something over me. So therefore, it's going to take precedent. We get reports from relationships and maybe doctor's reports, and they can overwhelm us. So what do you need to do? You get on the horn, and you call somebody and say, hey, I, just, I received a report that I don't like. I need some prayer. I'm not going to let fear, anxiety, and worry overtake me because I'm going I'm to guard this house. I've got to guard this temple because it belongs to him. Jesus, excuse me, God, when he created man, just a quick, short review. When God created us, the scripture says in Genesis 1.26, you've seen this, you've read this. He said, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. And then he goes on to say, let them have dominion. Speaking of us, let them. Why didn't he say let us? Let us have dominion with them in the earth. 
Because God was allowing us to be created with these physical bodies put on the planet that would choose out of our free will. We had free will just as Adam and Eve chose to eat the fruit. We choose to serve him, but he said, let them have dominion. What is dominion? Think about it. Dominion, to govern, to lead, to rule. These are all definitions of what that means. Hang with me for just a moment because this, this, is, the glo- this is order that the glory of the Lord rests upon. He created us, put us on planet earth, and he desired to th- rule through our spirit man in our physical bodies. You want to know how important your physical body is uh, uh, in prayer? Take away your physical body. How can you pray? You can't, right? It's impossible. So your physical body, it, I think it's the Wesley brothers that said it would seem that God can do nothing except in response to prayer. You on planet earth with the spirit of God living inside your spirit that is fully alive, because that's the glory of God's man fully alive, on the planet, praying, confessing, opening your mouth and making declaration begins to bring dominion to planet earth. He gave you dominion, but you have a responsibility. That's the importance of your physical body upon the planet. Moving fast forward to Jesus coming to get and restore back authority that he gave us there in the beginning. Hang with me. I don't want to lose you. I'm getting to the point of the temple. Matthew 6.33 is called the Christian priority. God said, or Jesus said, seek first. The very, just as much as wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom in the Old Testament, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? <clears throat> it's, a, it's a compound word. You, anybody? King's domain. It's the king's territory. The kingdom of God is God's territory. It's not anything seen with the visible eye. It's not of this world. But here's the thing. The kingdom is within me. What does the scripture say about the kingdom? Romans 14. Or excuse me. I'm just trying to remember. It's Romans something. I want to say it's Romans 14. I may be, may be way out of The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And what is my body? The temple of the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom is in the Spirit. Are you with me? The kingdom is in the Spirit. And where is the Spirit? If you're a son, if you're a daughter, where's the kingdom? It's within me. God desires for the kingdom within me to expand. Well, how does that work? It expands through removal of anything that's not like him within my life. Guarding that, it expands through extension of who Jesus is through my life, in my family, through prayer, reading, scripture, um, beginning to step out and risk. Jesus would heal somebody or he would cast the devil out and what would he say? The kingdom of God has come near you. It is within you. It's not an ethereal thing. It is real, but it's not of this world. Are you, are you with me? The disciples are praying or they're asking Jesus. Jesus, teach us to pray. And so he gives them the disciples' prayer. It's not his prayer because Jesus didn't need to repent for, for sins, right? He's teaching them, this is how you're supposed to pray. He says, our Father, which is inclusive, and it's also a term of endearment, an invitation to all. He said, in this manner, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, may your name be forever kept holy. 
And he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it's being done right now in heaven. So he says, Father, your domain, your kingdom, your will, your way of doing, your government. That's what kingdom, it's another word of his increase of his government and peace. There's no end. So his government, which is his kingdom, comes. Now, government, Bishop talked, Pastor Eddie talked about this on Sunday. The government of God flows through the fivefold office ministry gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. Right? We want the glory of God to, to rest and come, the power and the presence of God to come. I know I'm doing a, a lot of teaching tonight to lay, to lay up a, a foundation. Where he talked a lot of this on this Sunday. It's very important. But he looks at the fivefold ministry gifts, and that is what he gave to the church, the gifts that he gave to the church. You with me? So the temple, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God sends us ministry office gifts to the body of Christ for the purpose of alignment. Christ is the head. The body is the body. Where the church is the body. And we are to align ourselves with Christ, which is the head. Now, over the next couple of weeks and few weeks, Pastor Eddie's going to be preaching on three. Uh, he, he's, he hit the, 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 the ascension gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Every one of those are still in full operation today in the church. They have to be because, again, that's what brings order and alignment. It's not, well, I would like to be that, so I'm just going to reach for that. Men and women function in these offices. Those are the gifts that Jesus Christ gave to the church. Guess what? There's also father gifts. God the Father gives gifts to the church. It's Romans chapter 12. When you read Romans 12... It's the gift of administration, the gifts of helps, the gifts of mercy, all of those. There's, I think there's seven of those gifts. And then there's gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you got God the Father gifts, Jesus the Son gifts, and now you got Holy Spirit gifts, which are in 1 Corinthians 12. Gift of prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, those nine. Okay, so there's three sets, and it's the Godhead gifts given to the church. For the, for the purpose of exhortation, edification, and comfort. That's what they're given for. To grow and expand God's kingdom. Well, if we want the glory of God to rest upon our ministry. Now, let me just flip it and let's move forward. If we want the glory of God to rest upon our ministry, you as an individual, have a, you have a responsibility in the church. You're called to this house. You plant yourself in this house, which means that you begin to thrive and flourish. Actually, you don't plant yourself. God plants you here. You have to commit yourself to it. And then from that place, there is a thriving that takes place, a flourishing that begins to take place. We are called to equip the saints for the works of ministry. It's just like uh, for the body of Christ to look and see the needs that are happening in the body. If someone's broken and they're hurting and they're struggling, I can't touch everybody in this house. Y'all know that I can't. It's impossible. I, I worked under a, someone that had a pastor, a pastoral gifting that, that would come alongside in many different aspects. Uh, and I've, we've seen that in operation. But it's, it's the body of Christ that is to minister to one another. We equip you. We talk and we, we minister to you and then you minister to one another. Are you with me? I, I, I know I, everything. I don't want this to sound like it's just going here and going there. Because... My heart's desire, as much as I pray, as I'm praying, God, 
We need your glory upon the house. And it's been prophesied by so many different prophets, prophetesses. It's been prophesied by by some of the greatest generals in the faith. And even in scripture, the the glory of the Lord was going to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. Well, how does that happen? Except that the people of God host God's presence and that people cover the planet. There's how many people on planet earth right now? Is it 7 billion people? I'm just guessing. I don't know the exact number. I want to say it's around 7 billion people upon the planet. If the people of God got filled with the glory of God, guess what? The glory of God is covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. And God wants to come rest upon the people of God with pure hearts and clean hands. Pure hearts speak that I got a right relationship with the Lord. Clean hands speak to right relationship with people. And so God wants to fill us, move through us, and extend the rule of Jesus on the planet. That's dominion. I get it, it's Wednesday night, but are y'all with me? He wants to work and move and expand through my life. You've got so much more on you than what you know. Maybe you're in a home where people tell you that, well, maybe you'll just go and finish up your, uh, your nine to five, work 40 years and retire in your IRA and your 401k and just enjoy the rest of your life. No, do you, not un- do you understand? David, David said, teach me to number my days that I would gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, my days are numbered. I am but a breath upon the planet. I, 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 am, I am from the dust, which means that I, I, it's like man is like grass, that we're here today, we're gone tomorrow, a wind comes through and we're gone. Your lifespan is so short. So it's important to take advantage of what God has given you. God has given us the presence of the Lord upon us that we can use his gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and it's one of the people say, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like what gift am I supposed to function? I don't know if I'm five-fold ministry. Just pursue him and then he'll direct. I promise. God, if you'll just get after him, if you'll just seek his face, as David said, I have set my heart to seek your face, O Lord. Nothing will satisfy me like being in the house of the Lord and in your presence. That has to be something that takes on the nature of your heart, that you've fallen in love with him. And from that place, God begins to direct your heart. The disciples, as they pray, God, what, 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 you know, teach us to pray. And he says, your kingdom... Jesus was saying, you want the government of my father to be established in your life. Because my, his, his glory can't rest upon that that is in, in disorder and disarray. I mean, that's why whenever, whenever he spoke to Moses and told him how to build the temple, when he told him how to build the tabernacle, it was specific. You can read it. Look it up. It was specific. So many cubits by so many cubits by this color by that color. He was very precise on his building on it. And it's for the people of God that we have to follow what God has set in line for the body of Christ. And so in this house, and we will move into it after, uh, we'll follow up with it on a, on a Wednesday night. When we begin to speak about, obviously, the gifts of the Godhead, when we talk about the gifts of the Father, you know, that's administration gifts and things like that. And there's a lot of those in this house right now. There's a lot of gifts of administration, a lot of gift of mercy in the house, a lot of gifts of help. Some of you are so financially blessed and you have this overwhelming, and you just you constantly are giving to people. You're helping to sow and invest in the lives of people. I, I can't break into that right now because I'm, I, I've, I really, I really want to, but I can't. But then there is are the gifts of the uh, Holy Spirit, which is what we see a lot active in this church, and and I think it's just taking risk. Demetri, if you would. 
I want the glory of the Lord upon this house. I, I, want, I want people to come into the house, feel the presence of God, because the presence of God can do so much in a short amount of time that I, could, I, I can't. I could stand up here and preach forever and it wouldn't do any good. But when the presence of the Lord is in the house and it's on the people and it's resting in the room and it's evident and you feel it, it changes. I mean, it changes people's hearts. It changes their desires. You ever seen someone come in, get saved, get touched by the presence of God? And man, they're burning for like a week and then the world comes. I don't want that to happen. I want them to find a house that they can come into. And because we've, la- we've lathered this house in prayer and the saints of God are coming in because there's power when you come into the room. I don't want this, I don't want us, I don't want to be, I don't want, that's going to sound, I don't want to sound this way. I would love to see a church of thermostats, <laughs> not thermometers. That when we walk into businesses, because we have dominion, we have the exousia authority that Jesus gave us as delegated authority upon the earth. Our hearts are in a place of pursuing the glory of the Lord, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, that when we walk into businesses and someone needs a word, we got it. Someone's in a, in a bad place financially. You know what? We got it. We're blessed. I was in a business this past, uh, I won't say where I was. I was in a business this past, was it Tuesday? I guess it was Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday, I don't know which one it was. And there was a lady across the counter and the Lord spoke to me and he told me, he said, tell her everything is going to be okay. And I was thinking to myself, man, that's, come on God, like, you know, is there, can, can you, I was just thinking in my mind, let me give her a word of knowledge or something. It's like, that is a word of knowledge I guess to her. Say, let me just let me let me help you know, but I, I I told her I said and just as bold as I could I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I have no idea what you're facing right now, but I said I want you to know. I feel in my heart and I had to explain to her just a little bit because I wanted to think I was crazy. I said, I feel that the Lord still speaks to us today, and I said He laid you on my heart and told me to tell you, everything is going to be okay. And she fought tears. Like I could just tell she was just, I mean, about to melt. She about to got the ugly, ugly cry. She was getting there. And uh, and she's in front of a lot of people. And she she was biting her lip. And then she said, I needed to hear that. And it was, you know, she said, I need to hear that today. And I walked away. And the Holy Spirit then began to speak to me. And he told me, uh, as I was walking away, and, and, and he told me, he said, AJ, don't question the manner in which the word comes, just give it. I said, noted. <laughs> Every time, this happens to me a lot. It's like, you know, God speaks to you about something specific. All you have to do is just be obedient and step out. Just do it. Just take a risk. We'll talk more about that as we move forward. Once you stand to your feet. I'll, just two things I want to do before we close out tonight. I want us to take a few moments right now, you and the Lord, and I just want you to prepare your heart because I believe that God wants to release his glory on the house. We prayed for it on, I don't know if we prayed for it on Sunday night prayer, but definitely last Wednesday night we prayed about it. 
the glory of the Lord, the presence of God, His manifest presence. When God manifests, anybody felt it in the room before? I know many of us probably have. God wants to manifest His presence. He wants to rest upon the people of God. And I pray for a house of purity. Not a house of perfection, a house of purity. Where our hearts come in. Yeah, we might have missed it some this week, but God, we kept coming back. I can't tell you, I look over and I see our youth and I can't tell you, when I was your age, I, I had a foot in the church and I had a foot in the world. And I rode the fence for a long time. And I had a friend one time told me, and he still preaches. I had a friend tell me one time, he told me, he said, AJ, when you get ready to sell out, God's gonna show up in power. And I promise that was a word that stuck with me. And I and when I got ready to sell out, and when I got ready to give it all, I remember the vision that I saw when when I was at a place and I had an encounter with the Lord. And in the middle of that room, I remember seeing a cross. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I saw a cross in the middle of the room and I saw Jesus hanging on it. And he looked over at me, never said a word, but all I knew in my heart was he said, this is for you. And from that moment, he showed up in power. A prophetic word that was given to me when I was 17 years old stuck and was reminded to me that night when I had an encounter with the power of God and it shook me to my core. Don't take the time that you've got left on this planet for granted. God created you for glory. He said, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. His glory is here and it's for now. His manifested presence is for those that's willing to go after him without anything, with no holes barred. There is no rule to this of how, how much you can get of God. All I know is there's a greater measure for those that's willing to press in. And so for the next few moments, just you and the Lord, just begin to take some time Check your heart. Just check your heart. If we could, bring the lights down just a little bit, if you would, Andrew. Just you and the Lord. Come on, check your heart. Ask him, Holy Spirit, is there anything that stands in the way between you and I? It's not you. I can't be separated from God's love, but I can, in my mind, distance myself from you. Is there anything? Is there a lifestyle change that needs to happen? Are there some things in my house that I need to rid myself of? Is there a relationship that is toxic? Not your marriage. Is there a relationship that's toxic that God says you need to cut ties with it right now? I'm going to be bold and tell you, you do it. Cut it loose because God says, I am consecrating you. Listen to me, people. There's somebody in this room that I feel this word's going to light upon. I hear the Lord saying that I am consecrating you for a work, and it's a work coming fast and soon. I, 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 I see a people, not arrogance and not, not doing it in, in a sense of where it's bringing dissension and division, but someone God is putting his hand on in this house tonight, and he's saying, consecrate, your, set yourself apart for me to do a work in your life I do it for love not for legalism I do it for a relationship I don't do it for a religion God wants to use you He wants to touch you He wants to give you a measure of His presence that everywhere that you go that people will look at you and they'll glorify Him they'll give glory to Jesus 
God, I pray over this house that you would make this church one that makes your name famous. God, I pray. I pray that they would fall so much in love with Scripture and they would fall so much in love with prayer. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.